everyone. This is Charles Murphy. Welcome to episode 13 of Murphy's Law. Uh, hanging out, as always, with Charles Villanueva. What's going on today, Charles? There's almost nothing to talk about, but we're going to do our best to give our insights to nothing. We're going to turn chicken salad into chicken shit, I think is the backwards saying right there. <laughs> Following uh, San Diego Comic-Con's, all the big reveals there, this last week has been pretty low-key as far as news. Um, so we don't have a ton to talk to you guys about tonight, but we're going to do our best to put some something together and got a few interesting things. Yeah, so what's first? What do we have first in line? So I think um, the, 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 the most interesting thing is came from the Variety story that said Shang-Chi and Thor 4 are going to film what is essentially back-to-back in Australia. Um, so that goes all the way back to some of that stuff that we found the New South Wales government saying they were going to film, have a film over there. And this is the first time that they've had confirmation that it's going to be Shang-Chi. Um, and I think the Variety story said that Shang-Chi is going to get going at some point this year. Um, Thor is going to start pre-production March of next year before filming in August of next year. It's funny because like a few weeks ago, a lot of people were debating what, what was that untitled Marvel movie filming in Australia. Yep. Didn't someone say that it was for sure Black Panther 2? Yep, and we had that conversation about um, two or three episodes ago about why it wouldn't be Black Panther um, because of yeah. the cost of flying all the stunt the stuntmen and the extras over there. And then we, I mean, so this is the first official confirmation, but I feel like it's something we've known. We've talked about it for quite some time, even before it was really well circulated. Like we were... We were big on board of that that film having to be Shang Chi. Is there a specific uh, month for Shang Chi filming? I didn't see it in the Variety article. I didn't see anything that gave a timeline. Um, I think some of the stuff that some of the casting grids and breakdowns that have come up have oh they've always said um, fall of 2019, and then one of the more recent ones said. I think it was for Chang Chi. Said January, so it's possible um, that they've slid it around. We've talked about this a, a bunch. Like those production dates are always just placeholders. They almost never start yeah. when they say they're going to start. Um, what it really boils down to is like the studio, Marvel Studio, saying like, "Hey, we want the studio space for this time," because that's the big thing is claiming that studio space because it is it is limited. It's not like there are just countless studios around the world and right and for thor um i'm just surprised to see how far pre-production is from filming like you have a march 2020 date for pre-production and then yeah. you've got like august for the actual filming yeah that was that's, the most surprising. that's intense because that means like they're over there scouting the directors usually you know i don't want to say full-time living in the location but pretty much um pretty much there and that's the same thing like the Eternals director has been over in the UK for some time now um, going to the office every day going through you know all kind of rewrites and all kinds of things that we right. never see I, I think it would be like a really interesting thing to do is to like get a, get a week or whatever to hang out with the director during pre-production and see what kind of stuff are they doing when like 
Like we, it's all those decisions that we never see made, but they affect the final quality of the film. And like, uh, I mean, we could probably transition to the next topic. Speaking of Eternals and the, the pre-production process, um, some photos of the set being built were leaked, surfaced online. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah I saw those. Um, I don't know, maybe Wednesday or Thursday last week. Um, I saw them pop up, and they definitely look like straight out of Eternals 1 and 2 by Jack Kirby, um, like an Incan or Mayan temple. Um, yeah. Where... Just temple. So, like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know, next to nothing to Eternals. How does this tie in? How does the, you know, the Mayan Aztec element tie into the actual story of the Eternals? Well, it plays, I mean, in, in the larger sense, it plays into Kirby's ancient aliens approach that he took to who the Eternals were. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, okay. I think we've talked about it before, but, you know, basically the, the Eternals, when the Celestials came down and experimented, the Eternals, the Deviants, and then eventually what was called the Latents, and then it turned out to be the Mutants, were branched off from, from homo, early Homo sapiens. And so the Eternals became, you know, were beautiful and given all these powers, and they worked their way through history and into legend and mythology as, like, the gods and heroes. Every culture has, you know, worshipped these people in some, some way or another. And in, in this case, um, you know, and I, I'm... I know I'm probably going to say the wrong one, but I feel like in this case, um, I think Ajax and Makari have a lot to do with that location as, as the Eternals have kind of bounced around the world. Um, and so Ooh. this is this is just one of those times where, you know, I don't, I don't know that this is going to be, just because the picture in the comic books looks a lot like the set that's being made, I don't know if we're getting a direct straight out of the out of the first two issues adaptation of Eternals. I mean, we don't really, we don't know what's going on. Uh, but it's definitely that kind of location is is definitely something straight out of Kirby's work. I am, my biggest takeaway with this is that I'm kind of excited that they're building a giant set again because I think yeah. it's been a while. It's been a while since we've seen you know like a because most of these movies are filmed in sound stages and uh, in front of in front of a green screen. And I can't remember the last time we had the, you know, an actual physical set for, uh, for an MCU movie. The one that's just jumping out in my mind because it was so crazy looking when we saw it was the set that they built for Ragnarok. Oh, um, uh, in, in Sakaar? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. right. You're, you're like the, the dump site for Sakaar. I kind of remember seeing that and also the the town, the, the the halls of Asgard. Yeah, and I think you know, I guess it was was the Quinjet a part of that set, and they, but they did like a lot of physical construction for that. And then when the pictures leaked out, you're like, "What the hell is this? It's so crazy looking." And then you, you know, you see what it yeah. turned out to be in the movie. So think about that. Like they put all this time into that set, and they're building this huge eternal set. And I mean, what it might only be five or ten minutes of screen time in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I also heard like a report, a report that um, Chloe Zhao was filming the movie in film. I haven't seen that anywhere else, but I've heard, I forgot where I saw that, but uh, if she was filming in film, that would be a, a huge deal because these movies are filmed in digital, have been for right. a few years now. I so, think the last 
movie shot and film, MCU film shot and film is, I think it was Doctor Strange. Wow. Yeah, that would be a huge deal. Yeah, for the for the scenes they shot in Nepal in Doctor Strange, that was filmed. So, I mean, they're they're taking huge steps to, you know, treat the material in a really good way. Yeah, definitely. I I think one of the coolest things that's happened here in the past three or four years is a lot more respect and reverence to Jack Kirby's influence on the MCU. Um, not that he was ignored before, but like there's been the there's been a very intentional uh, use of his his kind of iconic artwork and some of his storylines now, and I think that's that's awesome because he's he was so creative and and worked so hard for so long to make the comics what they were, and uh, it's it's cool now to to see some of that stuff pop out because his designs are just so eye-catching and iconic like you know when you're looking at a kirby design do we know when the Eternals is gonna commence filming like the actual month um september and it was i i want to it was always like september 6th or 19th or 16th it was always like the first couple of weeks of september so you're just a little bit over a month away from getting going okay that's cool so we'll probably see more set photos the coming yeah, now that now that they know where they are and then you know i would think and again, it could start. It could start at any time. Usually, those dates are, are give or take two weeks, right? So, it could. I mean, things could start rolling at the end of August. You could see some set photos. You're certainly going to, you know, if it's in if it's in the UK, and I think a lot of this movie is going to be uh, done in studio, even though we know they're building sets. But I think a lot of it's going to be in studio. So you, you're going to get like maybe some people going to set, maybe seeing some people arrive in london but i think a lot of this one's going to be hidden um which is oh. fine keep the yeah, yeah keep us in the dark a little bit i mean i just want to see what their costumes look like oh yeah i and i i do hope like at some point and i mean we know we're going to ultimately get like an entertainment weekly you know eternals spread, yeah. issue in the huge spread yeah. but yeah i would like to see I would like to see something before that. I would maybe, you know, maybe they'll wait a week or two after filming commences and have a press release like they used to saying that begin the film has begun and here's the cast and here's a first look or something. Because it's, I mean, everyone loves when they do that. And again, we've talked about this before, but like with Taskmaster, it's just better to give people a look instead of making their, their first look being some shitty potato camera that, you know, huh. is like, it's, it's just yeah. the, it's the wrong way to go. They should have honestly put out that Taskmaster concept part fighting with Black Widow. Because yeah. it looked pretty good. Oh, it looked amazing. Yeah, and, and you know, that's that fucking potato set photo resembled almost nothing like the 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 concept art. Yeah, and, and then when you see that that concept art, um that little poster or whatever that is Andy Park, right? Yeah, Andy Park. Yeah, you're just like, damn, that looks so good. And you know, we'd, we'd stared and stared and stared and studied that those couple of leaks trying to get a look at Taskmaster, and then all of a sudden it's just right there. It looks fantastic, and you just think like, hmm, that would have been a cool way to to break that out, right? You know what? This just made me think of something. This Taskmaster thing. So I'm veering off topic here for a second. I was yeah, I, always, I always check IMDb, um, and I think people sometimes sometimes. People don't remember, like, anybody can edit it. 
but then there are some things that are that are worth paying attention to and you can get some information from it's got the cast for black widow it's got david harbour Florence Pugh, Scarlett Johansson, Rachel Weiss, Ray Winstone, and then O.T. Fagbenley. I still don't know how to say his name. And at the bottom of the cast list, there's a dude named Liran Nathan, or Liran Nathan. And the only reason I bring this up is because about two or three weeks ago, he was on the cast list, and then he was gone, and now he's back again. And it doesn't say what who he's playing. It says nothing about him. So he could be like... I don't know, red room security guard number seven, right? Like, could be <laughs> yeah. absolutely nobody. I've I've never seen any work with him or any of his work, um, but I found it interesting that he was there, gone, and now back again. And I know you are keen on the idea that Rachel Weiss is going to play Taskmaster. Um, yes. And when I looked at that concept art, I even thought like it's like a slim design. It's definitely like definitely definitely be a female in that suit but then yeah. i saw this guy pop up and i'm like oh well maybe you know maybe it's a huge surprise like i mean going back to the racial racial vice taskmaster stuff i think that she's taskmaster just on the idea that you know she talked about her character being like you know cycled through the black through the red room five times mm-hmm. so who knows what kind of fucking brainwashing she's been through what kind of training she's been, she's she's gone through, and it makes sense, I guess, for you know, there's a connection there, with Taskmaster being a, a tremendous fighter, Taskmaster possibly hunting down Natasha and Yelena, and you know, just the way Rachel described her character being just a total badass, and the fact that no one showed up. No, no one playing Taskmaster showed up in the panel, so I think they're gonna do a switch with her character, who's Iron Maiden, and they'll probably explain she's this armored badass chasing Natasha. Yeah, and I, I love it. I, I retweeted your tweet out sometime earlier yeah. in the week, and I love the idea. I think it's like it's one of those ideas that we we throw out super early, and then we latch onto it, and sometimes we're like, yeah, we got it right like the Valhalla thing, right, where we were so far off. Um, yeah. It's the, other, it's the other option there. But I, I love the idea, and I'm like, I'm as sold as I can be on it this far ahead of time. And if we're, if it's, you know, we're wrong, it's just a guess. It's not like we're breaking some scoop here. But I think it's, I think it's solid. I think it's a really good choice. And when that mask comes off, it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, and I mean, I've, I've seen some, you know, quote-unquote Taskmaster purists. For some reason, those guys exist. Um. <laughs> I've seen them be very against the idea and, you know, they want Tony Masters to show up. But I, to me, at this point, who gives a fuck if it's Tony Masters or not? Yeah, it's, I mean, it, what are the things that makes Taskmaster, that make Taskmaster a cool villain? Not the fact that his name is Tony Masters. Like yeah, <laughs> it's just the simple fact that this, dude, this, this fucking villain can copy anyone. That's like, that's like his thing. Not that he's a dude. Not that he's Sony Masters, it's the fact that this character can replicate any fighting style. And be and can literally be anybody. And in a movie where you're you know, the the, the main fights are gonna be against um Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh, having someone like like if it's if it's a, supposed to be a surprise that Rachel Weiss is under that that mask and then that mask comes off and you find out that she's been the one kicking their ass. General audiences are that's going to be a huge twist for them. 
That's why that's, that's great. My, I guess my only like condition with this is that I hope they don't kill her. Right. Yeah, you got to keep her. Around. I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's the only like, caveat I have. That you gotta have her for multiple appearances. I, I mean, I've always, I've always been a big Taskmaster fan. I think a lot of it's the design, the skull face, and then the power set is really, yep. really cool. You have an opportunity to have a really badass villain join your group of Thunderbolts or to just be, yeah. you know, to pop in here and there and just be a pain in the ass. So, yeah, it can't can't be another kill on first appearance thing. I think that's one that you got to keep around. And I guess, like, speaking of Thunderbolts, we finally have a first look at Zemo. Daniel Brawl took to Instagram like a day after SDCC to um, post that clip of, rather a screenshot of the clip of Zemo wearing the mask, and it looks kind of bad. <laughs> right, yeah, and it's it's again the quality is is what it is. I when we were talking before, I told Charles like I looked at it on my phone two or three times, and I never got a chance to pull it up on a computer, and I was like, man, I can't even tell what that's supposed to look like. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's uh, like he has an oversized head. It's, like he has, uh, a, it's like he has an oversized giant sock head. It's the best description. No, I think it's the mask is cool, and yeah, getting to see it is going to be cool. But you, Danny Brill's not going to wander around the entire time wearing a sock on his face, right? Like that's <laughs> that's probably not his his six episodes in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Probably not going to be spent that way. I think like. The, the the really important thing is you're, he's finally he's coming back to the role and you're probably going to get to see a little bit more of that what made Zemo one of you know Captain America's greatest enemies in the comic books right like that that planning that scheming he's always steps ahead of everybody I mean it's I think it's that's that's cool and the mask can be the mask maybe he fights with the sword maybe he doesn't I don't know but I'm just excited to see. Brule back. Oh, yeah, he was he was awesome in Civil War, and this is this is. I mean, I, I'd love to see Daniel Brule wear that sock for like an entire episode, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, realistically speaking, he's probably not gonna wear that sock, but yeah, it looks goofy with the with, with the with the with that actual screenshot. But we've seen concept art, official concept art of Zemo in that sock, and it kind of looks good. So there's probably they'll find a way how to make it look good um, in the actual show, but yeah, like I mean, you you just mentioned it. I'm more interested in seeing him with with a sword more than anything. Yeah, I don't know why he has one or who fights with swords anymore, but give him one, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd love to see him fight. I mean, I'd love to see that sword clash with Sam Shield. I said you can guarantee if they you're you're gonna have if if they do give him a sword. You're gonna have one nice shot of it going off the shield, and you're gonna have another one of it going off of Bucky's new arm, right? Like those are, those are oh. for sure. If if Zemo was sword, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's my like Z, number one Zemo requirement: the sword. I could go maybe without the mask for like, I love I love for him to wear the mask, but it's cool if he doesn't wear it the whole time. But yeah, yeah the sword is like my biggest requirement. Yeah, and that's that's something that. It'll be interesting to see how they work it in. I just this just I just remember this. I I must have read it earlier today. And it was just a headline. I didn't end up reading the whole article. Yeah, but I'm bring this up. Speaking of the of the Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, it was on Kevin Smith's podcast that they said 
that it's, it's even, it, how, tell me what it was because then now I'm, I'm not sure I read I know I read the headline but I don't want to say the wrong thing no, it, was, it was vague because Kevin Smith's co-host Mark Bernardin basically said that he read somewhere that the, the show would be about the government not wanting Sam to be Captain America so somehow this show revolves around who's the which government like what part of the government but whatever not wanting Sam to be Cap going forward okay yeah yep that's right so that's interesting, and I don't know. I don't. I mean, we don't know if that, if that's the case, or if that's just something he was told. But that's an interesting take. If that is the direction they want to go, you gotta address that. You gotta address the the ramification of what it means to have a new Captain America. Like, I mean, we we know Captain America was started by the government. He was created as a propaganda, you know, for for World War Two. I guess. Their reaction would be interesting to you know who the fuck signed up for a new Captain America. <laughs> why weren't we told, why the fuck weren't we told, why didn't Steve tell us that he was passing on the shield? I would love yeah. to see that conversation happen on screen. Yeah, and, and you're right, it has to be dealt with. Like, you can't just, and, and this is, this seems to be like what these shows are there for, right? Like, because you could not just show, have Sam show up, I don't know, in whatever Avengers movie in 2024. Hey, here's a new Captain yeah. America, and just pretend that there wasn't some process that he had to go through to get there right so this yes. show this show is going to hash all that out and you know it it, it makes sense like the government's it, the cap was government property essentially right like they, yeah, they made that argument before um, my thing is that what would be like the public the official story behind steve passing the shield like will they say steve came from the past that's why He's old. Yeah, because like, they think he's dead, right? Like, or the general public at least thinks he's dead. I mean, I don't know. Will they? Will they write? Will they write him off as dead? Shit, I don't even. The more I think about it, the more I'm thinking about the possibility of old Steve showing up in the show. Because yeah. I, I, I can think of a good way to, you know, write Steve off from the actual yeah. story. No, that's hard. I mean, in, in Far From Home, is, don't they include him in the in the video in the beginning as one of the people that passed away? Oh, yeah, you're right. When they I do the montage, it's... it's... Yeah, you're, you're right. So I guess in the public eye, he's gone. So so then it's like, why do you get to have the shield? Who, you know, who, who picked you and what does he say? What does he say? Yeah, old man Captain America traveled traveled ahead in time from the 1950s to give me the shield. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'd love to see that conversation happen. I'd love to see General Ross lead that conversation. Yeah, and to uh, me, he's got to be in this. He's got to be in this. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. It's it's definitely the right way to go. I mean, we don't even know if this thing is factual or accurate, but it makes right. sense. And I can think of a better way to set up a premise for the show. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested. That's going to be when does that start? October. The filming, yeah. I mean, the, Sebastian Sebastian Stan said it would film in October. So, yeah. So that's that means we'll start to get a little bit more information about that. That's filming in Atlanta, so there's a good chance that anything that's out um, in the public down in Atlanta, I think Atlanta filming will be will be out there taking pictures of that. For sure. So you can guarantee that some of that stuff will, some some set photos will leak out for sure. 
Right. Um, who else do we know from the Captain America camp is returning? We know Sharon's returning. Yeah. And Zero. Who who would you like to see return from you know from the Captain America movies or or the roster of characters? The 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 two guys that I that I want to see come into it. Uh, one being is thund- like you said, Thunderbolt, and I would like to see Martin Freeman's Everett Ross come back. Uh, oh. I think, I think yes, he yes. has to. Like, how does he was in charge of Zemo last time we knew anything? So, and then I think, and this is not someone returning, but like. This gives you a good opportunity in this show to introduce, you know, an, another member of the Thunderbolt. So maybe it's Melissa Gold, or maybe it's Eric Jostin. Somehow get get somebody involved here because you know if Zemo's out, he's not gonna he's gonna like he's got to be starting to do something to get some help to put a team together to do. He, he's not go he's not gonna go against Bucky and Sam alone. Yeah, that's not gonna work out real well for him. You mentioning it right now just makes me, you know. I'd love to see him like find maybe Eric Justin get Eric Justin to help him. I think I've always thought like you have I can't remember the the character who in uh, Ant Man took off with the vial of particles, right? He was oh, uh, working for Hydra. Was he with Hydra or the Ten Rings? I thought he was Hydra. Um but maybe he was Ten Rings. But he took off Whatever the dude was, it's the guy that, that Hank punched in the face in the beginning, right? Uh, 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 Mitch Carson. Yeah. I have always said, many. I've written it and talked about it many times over, that those particles are still floating around out there, and that's perfect for a guy like Eric Jostin. So all you need for Jostin is yeah, to have somebody yeah. who's, who's a merc. He, all he is is a mercenary. He wants to get a job. And then here we go. Zemo's got some particles. Boom. He'll, you know, Zemo could reverse engineer more, and then you've got your giant Atlas or Goliath or whatever name you want to call him running around, and that would be badass. Dude, that'd be fucking incredible, dude. If they, if they take that, I know that 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 loose end, and turn it into Atlas, that'd be amazing. Well, that, and I, I can't. I mean, I want. It's one of those things that I have in my head, and I'll probably be pissed off. For the rest of my life, if it doesn't happen, like it's just such a good opportunity. <laughs> Do we know what uh, what government agency is uh, Ross is aligned with? Everett Ross is it the CIA or FBI? CIA, I want to say That's because because Sharon is with the FBI, right? I can I can remember. Yeah, I think she went to the FBI after, at the end of Civil War, and it'll be interesting to even see like what's what agencies are left now what new agencies exist in the wake of all this stuff that happened yeah i i to me that 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 shit is super exciting the government stuff how these agencies convene just to deal with the fact that there's a new captain captain america yeah no i think it's i, I think I it's a solid that. premise if that's what they're gonna do that's i think that's a solid premise um if this guy heard it and it's it's legit it's i mean i i buy it like it's a it's a perfect setup for this sort of show. Like, it's it's going to be super interesting to see what actually happens. But I like that idea. Yeah, and with regards to that, the validity of the story, Mark Bernardin says he read it. Yeah, he doesn't say that. I heard through someone else. I heard through a source. No, he just says I read it somewhere. So I mean, it could be a cool fa- like a cool you know feature article he read. Mm-hmm. But as far as we know, it's nothing substantial. Yeah, there's there's no substance. We have no substance to it. 
we can I can say I read a headline from Cosmic Book News that says they're rebooting Daredevil. That doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> yeah, let's not get into that. Hickman's House of X number one came out last week, um, last Wednesday, and I know it's already gone to a third printing. They're it's selling copies like crazy. It's um, it's to me it's like classic Hickman. We kind of he you can tell that he has just done a shitload of world building here. He's got some huge ideas that he's playing with, um, and we sort of pick up. When the, when the story starts, you can tell you're in the middle of something and you don't really have a sense of of what exactly is going on. It's hard to get your footing um, as to, like, how did these characters end up in this situation where they are? It's 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 like a, a, a very, very uh, Hickman-esque book, like, as far as a, a number one. It's very reminiscent of some of the things that happened in the Avengers run and in the Fantastic Four run. And the, I, I can remember even in the Avengers run, like if you went back and read Avengers and New Avengers, like I just did, he was drawing panels or having panels drawn in the book that were reflective of how the series was going to end in the early issues. But you just never knew what you were looking at. You, you I mean, you know, Hickman has a, has a plan um, and these two books are going to uh, uh, bounce you through this thing. But I really liked it. There were a couple there were a couple panels that had people talking Um one of the one of them being Scott Summers squaring off with the Fantastic Four in the middle of I think maybe Central Park or something, um, and then wow. of course like the the last you know, I don't know if it was the last panel but it was one of the last pages with with Magneto who's now working with Charles, um, telling these government agents that came to visit their their uh, facility or their island whatever that uh, people needed to get ready to meet their new gods. What? Yeah. He so the I don't want to spoil the whole thing for for you or anybody else, but the the setup is is that Charles and and Magneto have uh, decided that they're going to take a chunk of the of the Earth for themselves, and they're not asking; they're just telling. Oh, that's fucking that's fucking scary. They've had enough. They're they've got um they're going to take what they want, and they he just they kind of said like, look, we're 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 beyond God. asking. We're, this is what we're doing. <laughs> oh, shit. And, okay, I have the big question and the big, you know, the big what the fuck is, is Charles the maker? Is he the maker? <clears throat> he doesn't, he's wearing that helmet like he's wearing a giant Cerebro um, with an X on it. And I'm fairly certain that Charles is absent for the entirety of the first issue um, with, a, with just a little bit of stuff here in the beginning and here and there spread out, but mostly it's Magneto telling everybody what Charles' plan is. So that's the Charles, the one we're seeing in the comic, because I've seen some panels and the the dude with the cerebro there is, is, is present. Yeah, and he's, so that, he's in, like, Charles is in the book, just not a ton, and you, you learn about what Charles is doing via Magneto, via Scott, and and kind of like that so you know you know somewhere along the line you're going to get a some sort of reveal or some sort of of big intro of to to charles but that didn't happen so much in this book they don't address the fact that charles is walking again none of, yeah so none of this is explained like the fact that he's alive that he's upright that uh he's with magneto like none of this stuff is explained it's just here here we are this is what's happening 
they Crazy. have found a way to use um, Krakoa to have the ability to teleport from place to place, and it's yeah, it's intense. There's a lot going on. What Krakoa can do that now? Yeah, they they use Krakoa to sort of. I don't want to say it's like it. It, it kind of reminded me of Eldrak and the Inhumans. Um, but that's not exactly what's going on. But there, yeah, he's like opening portals to different parts of the world where he's they've they've taken parts of him, uh, they've taken parts of Krakoa and put them in different parts of the world. And any place where he his parts are, he can open a portal to that place. Oh my god, it's fucking crazy, dude! It was a lot. It's really cool. Okay, so overall, a pretty big setup to whatever Hickman's doing. Yeah, and it's you know it's one of those things like it's a first issue in. It, it all it does is just leave you with so many questions like there were you know there were like i said there were two panels two panels in it where i was like oh but he's he's got so much set up and you just get left with all these questions which is i love it i mean he's not gonna he's not giving it all to you in, in issue one you're gonna have to work for it you're gonna have to wait how many issues with house of x be i think it was six for house of x and six for powers of x so it's a okay, 12 so total he, where they're the, basically telling the same story. Yeah, full, yeah. Hickman is a full year to, fucking, to blow everyone's minds. Um, I, I myself have been reading the Jane Foster Thor. I've been finally catching up. You know, after the whole announcement, I figured, you know, it might be time to dive in. Right. And my, my biggest takeaway from the whole Jane Foster saga, Thor saga, is that it's Mjolnir, Mjolnir's story. And... Uh, Reading it makes me super curious how they're gonna do it in the movies. Because as far as we're concerned, Mjolnir, Mjolnir is just this chunk of rock, and in the in yeah. the comic, it is it's a sentient being that that contains you know a cosmic storm, and none of that is in the MCU. And it's and that book is really a lot about Jane forging a relationship with it, right? And like learning yes. to talk to it to listen to it like I, I remember they make a big deal about uh <clears throat> when she first when she first becomes thor that odin's son sees you know he comes to get the hammer back and she throws it and does some crazy pinball like stuff and he realizes that that's something he was never able to make it do yeah yeah and you know th throughout the course of this this run you know, Mjolnir reveals some very crazy powers that we've never seen. Like at, like at one point, he conjures an illusion of Jane. And yes, I just, I just can't see how this is going to pan out in the movies. Yeah, it seems like it, there's a long way for them to go to get to where the comic book is. Um, yes. So I don't know. It, it's going to be really, really interesting to find out... <clears throat> what parts of that run inspired Taika, right? Like, it, who knows what it is. Yeah, but it's, it's, such a, it's such a different take on, on so many different things about the Thor mythology. Um, and it introduced, like, introduced some cool characters. Like, that's where um, Dario Agar was a big player and all that. Dario Agar. I think he's a the Ulick's in there a lot. Obviously, Malekith plays a huge role, but he was already wasted. Um, so yeah, it's I don't know. I'm I'm curious to find out. I would love to ask Tyke, like, hey, what what parts inspired you here? Like, what are we? What specifically are we 
talking about out of that run. You, you know, you know. Now that you mentioned his name, I wouldn't mind seeing Dario Agger in the movie. Like oh, I could a, see that's a really compelling villain. I, I could see them sort of like you know, just thinking about it now. I could see them doing sort of Jane blaming Roxanne for her cancer, and they bring in Dario Agger, and you know, there's a sinister plan, whatever. He's a minotaur, but yeah, I'd love to see him be the villain in, in this in Thor four. Well, isn't one of the one of the reasons he's in with Malekith in the first place is because he gets to go drill for oil and energy and find alternate energy sources in other realms, right? Yes. Basically, money and greed. He gets yeah. to fuck up the other realms for his benefit. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a doable, realistically doable thing in the MCU. And to have, you know, Jane be fighting, like, a little bit of an environmentalist battle. Um for personal reasons. I mean, that's a that's a, a story that isn't too far-fetched at all. Holy shit, yeah. You know what? I can sort of see that now. Them doing that. It's, I mean, it's possible. I, that, he was an interesting villain, right? Like, he was... And then they brought him back in um, Weapon H with, with uh, Hulk Vereen. Like, he's in there again, and he's kicked oh, around he's quite there? a bit. I, I didn't know he was there. I thought he was strictly a Thor villain. What was he doing in the Hulk Wolverine story? They were... Go some other realm they were going to, and basically using the beasts that they could they could capture and train beasts to do stuff for them, and then they all kind of sh- all shit kind of hit the fan because they lost control of them, and then they had to send the Hulkarine in to kick ass. And then I want to say Morgan Le Fay was involved in that whole thing too. That's I don't, I don't know. It's been a while, and I. <clears throat> I really liked that character when they first. I, I thought I would hate him when I first saw the design, but for the first little while with Hulk Green, um, I really liked the story and where he was going because it was a lot of like classic Hulk stuff, like lonely man, leave me alone, try to get away from everything, but kept running into uh-huh. problems where he had to help out. Um, yeah, I thought yeah. that was cool. But then it got. It, I don't know. I don't even know if they're still writing it. I don't. I don't think they are. I don't know. I mean, go, going back to the Thor stuff. Um, there's a part in the you know the whole saga that another Mjolnir from the Ultimates world shows up. Yeah. In, in the story. Now what I'm thinking is, we talked about it in last week's episode too. I'm thinking Doctor Strange, Doctor the, the Doctor Strange sequel is gonna do some crazy multiverse ramification, and I could mm-hmm. see multiversal Mjolnir show up in in the main universe Mjolnir in the MCU's. In the MCU's, you know, world. I could see yeah. a, a new Mjolnir show. Oh, that's, I think that's a, I think you're right about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse. And then if that's the case, any number of things could go on, right? But she definitely, I just don't see it being like, hey, I'm going to take Stormbreaker. Like, it needs to be, I think it needs this to is, be Mjolnir. It's not going to be that, that simple as her wielding Stormbreaker. Because we know Stormbreaker doesn't change shit. Right. She's not going to become Mjolnir. I was I was rereading that too for a while and kind of got got off track and went back and reading the Hickman stuff. But I might take another look at it now. Now you've got me interested again. That's pretty cool. There's a lot of good stuff there, and I'm at the part where Mangog's there, and I want to get through it so I know what Mangog's all about. Fucking love Mangog. All right, guys, that does it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. We we tried to make the best out of a a low news week, and I think we ended up finding some cool little trails to head down there thinking about 
Falcon and Winter Soldier and thinking about possible storylines for Thor 4. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Thanks for spending time with us again. Um, signing off, this is Charles Murphy. You can find me at underscore Charles Murphy on Twitter. This is Charles Villanueva. You can find me on Twitter at CFS Villanueva. All right, guys, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.